Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you here from Charlotte, North Carolina? That's right. God's country over there. What a beautiful spot. It's wonderful to be here in Prescott at Cornerstone Church. Thanks for the kind invitation from Scott and his team. We did have a wonderful time last night, and I do give Scott a hard time, but he is easy to give a hard time to. He is just so gracious, uh, and he's such a thoughtful leader, um, and I know y'all are so lucky to have him. And um, lucky to have him as a friend. So um, thanks for being here. Uh, this has been a great session. I've, I've watched some of it online. Scott's just been doing a great job. And he said, John, we'd love for you to come and talk about communication. Uh, about how, how do you talk about money? And that's really what we're here to talk about today. And so this is called Talk is Cheap. Uh, y'all have heard that phrase before, that talk is cheap, right? You want to get something done. But I'm going to tell you talk is cheap for a different reason. We'll get into that in a minute. So, do we have any walkers in the group? Anybody like to walk? Anybody like to walk? A lot of hands. Anybody have one of these fitness trackers on their arm? Anybody got them on? Or some sort of feedback? Oh, yeah, yeah, a bunch. Yeah, uh, we sort of, sort of a new fad, isn't it? I mean, five, six years ago, you'd never have somebody come up to you and go, did you get in your steps? <laughs> right? They'd be going, you know, my dad would be going, what are you tap dancer and a chorus line. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, these sayings have just happened so quickly. But uh, this walking thing, it's not a fad. This has been going on for a while, right? What do they say? They want you to get 10,000 steps a day. That's like four or five miles. That's really more than the moderate exercise that a lot of doctors would even recommend. So if you get that in, it's, it's really good. Okay. But Hippocrates said, this is back to 460 to 370 BC, Hippocrates said that, m- that walking is man's best medicine. So this is nothing new. It's nothing new. It's been going on a long time. We've understood the benefits of walking. Haven't we? It just does incredible things. Well, let me tell you some of the things it does. First off, it helps with blood pressure. We know that. It can actually tame a sweet tooth. There was a study that said, if you walk, it helps reduce cravings in chocolate. It doesn't work that way for me. Doesn't work that way for my wife. But they say it does, so I believe them. Um, It eases joint pain. Also, it improves mood. It lowers stress. It's just good stuff for the body. And we know that, right? And the best part of all, it doesn't even cost one of these. It's free. We just get to do it, right? We just get to walk. We just get to walk. And after we do this for a while, it does all these great things for our body. Well, here's what I'll tell you. Hippocrates said that walking is man's best medicine. I'll say a lesser known philosopher changed it just a little bit. Potocrates. I got the t-shirt, by the way. Talking is our best money medicine. So if walking is our best medicine, I would tell you that talking equally is our best money medicine. Because it has some of the same characteristics, right? It, it doesn't cost a penny to talk. But I'll tell you that it's got incredible benefits built into it. Such as, when, it, when you do it right, you spend smarter. You save a little easier, you borrow less, you give freely, you plan a little more wisely. 
all of these things just by talking. Is that not incredible? But if you don't talk, you don't get these benefits. Just like if you don't walk, you don't get those benefits. If you don't talk, you don't get these benefits. So we want to do this. And God has given this to you. It's in your hands. He's offered it. He said, here, take this, use it. But what I find is that most people don't use it to its full potential. And they don't use it well. And I think it's because most people just don't understand how to use it. But if they do use it well, if they learn to use conversation well in dealing with money, I've seen it happen. So many other things get better, not just your finances. Do y'all believe that? Yeah, we believe that. So here's the big idea. Talk is cheap and his results are priceless. See, I believe when we talk about money, just like anything else, that God, and we honor God with that, that he honors us with that, he blesses with that. When we try to talk about money in a godly way, as stewards, as another resource that he's placed in our hands, I believe that he honors that, and the results truly are priceless. So I'm going to share with you today seven pearls that I've picked up over 25 years. I was in the financial advisory world for 22 years. I was a certified financial planner. Uh, I don't practice anymore. Um, but I, I got to meet with a whole lot of couples. And now in my new role in serving as a nonprofit leader, I'm coming on about 20,000 conversations with individuals and couples just like you. So I've seen this in action, and I've sort of mined these seven pearls out of it. I want to share them with you today. And my prayer is that when we're finished, that if you, use, if you will take these and use them, I believe it will significantly increase your opportunity for success in the financial plans that God has placed on your heart with the resources that he's placed in your hands. Y'all with me? Sounds good? Okay. So number one, here's what we want to do. We want to plan the time. We want to plan the time. And here's why. The time can be as important as your talk. That's sort of hard to believe, isn't it? That just by planning the time can be as important as the topic you talk about. But let me tell you why it is. And I've had couples that has been in the audience just like you all come up to me after the fact. Weeks after, they'll see me at another talk or they'll see me somewhere else. And they'll say, John, that thing you shared about the time was the game changer in our relationship when it came to talking about money. Game changer. Here's why. So when do we talk about money? Well, normally it's when we're one-on-one together, right? And when does that happen? Well, let's see. Um, After work, when we're sitting at home, usually after dinner, after we put the kids in bed, after we dealt with all that, and it's about 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night, and we're going, hey, we need to talk about this, when we're really, really fresh <laughs> and excited about talking about money, right? Yeah, negative, right? But that's when we do it, don't we? 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, or we're in the car riding somewhere, right? Just the two of you, and something comes up and you start talking about money. Again, probably not the opportune time. Or you're just out to dinner, You finally carve out some time to have a date night. 
and you're sitting there and a money topic comes up and it ruins the entire dinner, right? I've had it happen. I'm not proud of it, but it's happened. I'm not immune to this. I do this every day and I'm not immune to this. See, the, these, this issue of, of um, planning your time is critical because money talks. I view that as personal business. So I sort of take money talks, put in the category of personal business. And I believe, here's the, here's the recommendation. I believe that personal business needs to be talked about during business hours. Personal business needs to be talked about inside business hours. That's why the time can be as important as your talk. Because during your business hours, what happens? You're alert. You're focused. Right? You, you haven't gotten everything drained out of you all day. Look, God tells us to work hard, parent hard, be in relationships hard. And, you know, life is tough. But if we can carve out some business hours to have these conversations, it really, really helps a lot. You try it and see if it doesn't make a big difference. And here's the scripture. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Guys, this time is just that fast and it's gone. But if you plan your time, you plan it during business hours. If you're a couple with young kids, trade out some time with another couple. If you, can't, if you both work and can't do it during the day, try it over lunch or try it on a Saturday morning. Between, you know, 8.30 and 10.30 one morning, just swap out children with each other so you can take some time when you're alert and aware. Does that make sense? Tell you, it is a game changer. Number two, pick your topic. Pick your topic. Here's why. Because when you talk about everything, you solve nothing. Right? When you talk about everything, you solve nothing. See, the issue is, is that these topics, when we don't talk about them, these topics pile up, don't they? They just pile up one after another after another. So when you're riding in the car, you're sitting at a restaurant or you're alone, and you, all of a sudden you start talking about something, what happens next? You pull a topic out. Well, you don't know what it is. It could be a little bitty firecracker, right? Or it could be a stick of dynamite. You just don't know. These things pile up. And we grab one, we talk about it, and it's never at the right time. So what we want to do is pick your topic. I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a mind-blowing idea here. Make a list. <laughs> Sit down together, riding home today, whenever. Just make a list. What are all the financial topics that we should probably talk about? And just write them all down. Don't solve them, just record them. Then here's what I'll tell you. Pick one. And pick an easy one. Right? Y'all have heard Ramsey talk about paying off debt. Pay, take your smallest credit card first, get that one paid off. Why? It's a quick win. You're going, man, I paid that one off. I can go do the next one. Same reason. Pick an easy topic. Talk about it. Focus on it. Resolve it. It increases your confidence. It increases your relationship. And I'll tell you what, it'll increase the intimacy that you have with each other. It'll start begin building that teamwork. James 3, 5 says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. If we don't focus our comments and our conversation, 
We set the situation on fire. And now we can't solve anything. But if we can pick a topic and focus our tongues, focus our talk in the right direction, we're going to have our best chance for success. And then take them one and say, well, John, I got 22 topics. Great. You had 22 topics before. Solve one. Now you got 21. Then you take the next one, and then you take the next one, and then you take the next one. And after you got two or three easy ones under your belt, tackle one of the bigger ones. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, this really works, y'all. Y'all, that can be one of you, okay? All y'all means everybody. <laughs> so y'all can be one, all y'all to, hey, all y'all. Yeah, all y'all try that. Sorry, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, tip three. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God before you talk to each other. Doesn't that make sense? See, the issue is we try to do this under our own power. Right now, God, Proverbs tells us the mind of man makes his plan, but God directs his steps. Right. God wants us to plan, but not under our own power. He wants us to tap in to him and what he is doing. Prayer aligns our hearts and our minds with God's own heart and God's own mind. We get that alignment. When we get that right, especially if we do it early in the morning when it's quiet, like we see Jesus doing so many times in the Bible where he steals away for some time with the Father. He aligns his heart and mind with the Father. So now as he comes into, into conversation, situations later in the day, you all have sensed this before. Now all of a sudden a situation presents itself. Now you've got Godly wisdom, your heart and mind's aligned with God. You have a better chance of success, whatever you're dealing with. It also happens with your money. So talk to God before you talk to each other. Oswald Chambers, I love reading Oswald Chambers. He's just got some wonderful thoughts and dies at such a young age. Um, but Oswald Chambers wrote that, wrote that it's not that prayer prepares you for the greater work. He said prayer is the greater work. And I believe that. In Jeremiah 29, 11, this is a very common scripture, but it really, it really applies here. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you future and a hope. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, so many times we see Jeremiah 29, 11 all the time, but I love this next one because I've got all these plans for you to make you prosper and give you hope. Then you will call on me and come to me. Then you will know my heart when you seek me with all your heart. So talk to God before you talk to each other and the benefits are incredible. You have more confidence You'll have more wisdom. You'll have more peace. You'll have more empathy for each other when you get into these conversations. And the other thing I will share with you about this is that there are no financial choices. These are all spiritual choices. So when you pray, it aligns your mind and your heart with God. So that when you're, even though you're dealing with a worldly situation, a financial situation, right? 
the real issue is a spiritual situation and a, a and the need for spiritual guidance. That is why prayer is so very important. Okay. Doing okay so far? Great. Number four. Know your nature. Know your nature. As my 92-year-old dad would say, I grew up on a black Angus cattle farm. I'm one of five boys. My 92-year-old dad would say, son, this is when it's getting ready to go from preaching to meddling. (laughs) This is when it starts to meddle a little bit. Know your nature. See, every person brings themselves into every conversation. Every person brings themselves into every conversation. Now, money affects everyone, and it affects everyone differently. It affects men differently. It affects women differently based on your upbringing, your behaviors, your fears, your regrets, your perspective. It just affects everyone differently. So it's important that you know your nature. Um, And it's hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes unless you really know who they are. Now, I'm going to share with something with you on this next slide that's sort of anecdotal in nature, but you'll get the picture. It'll be something sort of fun, but it'll give you a little snapshot of what I'm talking about. See, I sort of call these the, the five money languages that we bump into. They're spenders, savers, Givers, builders, and planners. Let, let me explain to you what these are. So a spender, that was pretty easy, right? That's just somebody, if they've got some dollars in their hands, it's likely that their first tendency is to spend it. A saver, same thing. If you're a saver, your first tendency when you have money is to save it. Now look, that's very scriptural, right? God talks about in saving money that there's always oil and flour in a wise man's home, right? Y'all seen that scripture? So he he wants us to say, but your first tendency is that of a saver. As a giver, right? You know, God loves a cheerful giver. So first tendency when you have money is that you want to give it away or give part of it away, right? Some of us have that, that spiritual gift of giving. Fourth thing, you could, you may be a builder. So, um, God talks about, so think of builder, think about investing, think about building, think about company ownership. So he wants to take dollars and take it and then build something with it. And um, there's wonderful scriptures that talk about that health, um, wealth gained hastily, right, leads to ruin. But wealth gained a little on the, along the way leads to great success, paraphrasing it. So that's what a builder is. And... Last is a planner. This is someone that, when they have some dollars in their hands, their first tendency is goes, oh, before I do anything, I better go and do some research. I better need to think about this. I need to plan about this before I do anything. So, spender, saver, giver, builder, planner. Okay. Here's what I want to ask you. First off, you get home today. You leave here you get home. You just happen to pull up online banking. You see you've got an extra $1,000 in your account. 
Be honest. Which is the first language that you move toward? Which one is it? Write it down. Write it down. Which is the first one you do? You got a thousand dollars in your checking account. Which one? Are you thinking about spending it, saving it, giving it, building with it, or planning with it? I see some smiles over here. <laughs> That'll be a good conversation later. <laughs> okay, show it to somebody. If you're with somebody else, show it to them. Show it to them. Okay. Is it legit? How many spenders do we have? Oh, look. <laughs> she acted like she was yawning. Ooh, I'm sort of a little bit. Yeah, oh, I'm not raised. I might be. I might not. You can't really tell. <laughs> How many savers do we have? Oh, a lot of savers. Okay. How many givers? Wow. That's really cool. What about builders who want to take it and invest it? Oh, yeah, a couple over there. You all married? That's <laughs> very cool. What about planners? I just got to do some research to plan. Oh, a bunch of planners. But you see this? You see how different we are? So two builders get in a conversation together about money. They're sort of aimed at, this, aimed at the same direction. As long as they're talking about building something, it really works well. But if they've got to talk about doing something else... There's a gap there, right? There's a weakness there. If you've got a saver and a... Anybody here is a saver and a spender in the same family? Right? <laughs> okay, a couple of them. Yeah, so you sit down and have a conversation. You're coming at it from this direction. Somebody's coming at it from that direction. They just don't meet. It's like building two bridges across. They get to the middle and they go, huh, these don't meet. We're talking different languages. We're just coming at it from a different perspective. It's just the way we're wired. It's not bad. It's just different. All of this is godly, right? There's scripture for all of this. But this can be good or bad, right? For example, I, I did a talk at a, at a church about two weeks ago, and I asked this question. Can you give without being generous? What do you think? Yeah. So the fact that you're a giver doesn't automatically say that it's aligned with God's truth. So even though you qualify for one of these and you, you're saying I'm one of these categories, it can be either way. So it's whether it's aligned with truth or whether it's aligned with something other than truth. But the reason that this makes a big difference is because it creates empathy. If you know, if I sit down and I know that Anne's a saver and I'm a spender, and I know that, then I know where she's coming from. So when she approaches from that way, it's not an attack on me. It's not that she doesn't respect me or anything. It's just the way that she comes to the financial situation. And it's okay. So if you know your nature coming in, and the other person knows their nature coming in, now all of a sudden you've got an improved opportunity for success. Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Just know yourself, right? Know your nature coming in. You'll understand where the other person is coming from, and you're going to have a better chance for success in having conversations. Empathy and understanding are just a conversation away. Okay. Point number five. Excuse me. I want to make sure this with you real quick. The, all of these points that we're talking about today 
this little pause in the middle, is about being ready and being better. So part of, like the first first steps I just share with you are a little bit about getting ready for the conversation. The, these next ones are more about getting better in the conversation, sort of being ready and being better. So point five, seek the source. Seek the source. Guys, this one is a big one. Here's why. Talks about money are rarely about money. Talks about money are rarely about money. So let me unpack that a little bit. When we start talking about money and conversations come up, whatever the topics are, most of us are are unaware that something else is going on, that something else is influencing us in our conversation. Now, I, I could share... Um, in, in the workshop we do in January, we're going to share multiple things that go around all around this. But I want to share two with you today because I know they affect everybody. Because when I used to do planning for families, I would sit down with a couple, maybe just like one of you or an individual. And I'd sit down and I'd say, hey, we're going to pull up two other chairs to the table. Because let me tell you who else is in the room. Fear and greed are at the table. Fear and greed are at the table. And where do fear and greed live? They live in the future. It's not today. The results are today, but fear and greed live in the future. Fear is, I'm scared of something. I'm scared of that. I'm afraid that something will happen that will be adverse to me. Right? We're not not scared that something good is going to happen. We're scared something bad is going to happen. But fear sits there. And then greed sits there. Greed is, it may be too strong a word. Maybe use the word desire or worldly desire. But greed says, I want something that I don't have or more of something that I don't have. And fear and greed, let me tell you, they are loud. They are boisterous. And they talk louder than your money. And they influence your situation, they influence your conversation without us even knowing it. We're just unaware, but it happens. And they distract us from our faith today. They distract us from truth today. And when fear and greed are so loud and boisterous, we can't hear God when he speaks in a whisper. See, God talks to us in a whisper so many times. When fear and greed are loud and we let them in, we can't hear the whisper. So when we seek the source and we go to scripture, we go to truth, we go to prayer, we go to God's plans of the way he's asked us to handle money, and we go to that spot, all of a sudden the dial, the volume of fear and greed begins to turn down. And the ability to hear God's whisper begins to turn up. That's what I mean when we say seek the source. Because so many times it can be fear and greed that's driving the situation rather than truth driving the situation. God talks in a whisper. You know when you get it right because you have some good feelings. Feelings like peace, hope, Contentment. These feelings come along with seeking the source. 
Mark 4, 18 to 19. It's the parable of the sower. And others are the ones sown among thorns that they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word and they prove it unfruitful. See this guy, this is fear and greed. Cares of the world. That's fear. I'm worried about stuff. Deceitfulness of riches. That is greed. Right? So scripture talks about this, but this illuminates it. This illuminates it. And I'll share one other piece with you. The reason it's so important to seek the source is because you shouldn't try to fight spiritual battles with worldly weapons. You shouldn't try to fight spiritual battles with worldly weapons. Spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. Prayer, Bible reading, church, conversation, small groups, right? That is how God speaks to us through prayer, through word, through the body of Christ. You bring all that together. Now, all of a sudden you're tooled up to give yourself the best chance for success. Now, these last two are a little quicker. These last two are a little like sisters. Okay. The first one is clarity. You need to engage for clarity because the best conversations reveal your expectations. See, the problem is you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know what the other person doesn't know. So when you think about seeking clarity, engaging for clarity, think about sharing your knowledge with with each other. Think about taking inventory. Think about identifying your location where you are right now and what's going on. Because when that happens, your benefits are understanding. Your benefits are clarity. Your benefits are, I understand what's happening in my situation and I'm aware of it. When you think about engaging for clarity, think about knowing. Think about knowing. And scripture says, and my God will supply every new of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. See, we need to know that. So we need to have the clarity of that. Knowing that working together, he's supplying these needs for us. It's sister is, we want to finish our conversation in unity. Finish in unity. Let your desire for oneness be greater than your desire for easiness. Let your desire for oneness be greater than your desire for easiness. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Usually one person. Well, let me ask this question. Of the couples in the audience, raise your hand if you sort of handle the finances in your household. Okay. Usually one person sort of handles the finances in the household. Um, and the other is either voluntarily left out. They either want to be left out or they're intentionally <laughs> left out because they confuse the situation. Neither one is really, really good. Let me tell you why. Because the person who is taking responsibility for finances, there's a pressure to that. There can be a wedge in between a husband and a wife. There can also be resentment over time when someone's not dealing with it and you're going over the bills and the investments and 401ks and medical benefits and taxes and all of a sudden you're going, I just want some help. Couldn't you just share in this with me? 
See, if clarity is talking about our location and where we are, then unity starts talking about our destination, where we're going, right? And it starts talking about the methods of how we're getting there. And it starts talking about our transportation. How do we get from point A to point B? And we come together in unity. And and what happens is we wind up sharing the journey together. We wind up sharing the journey together when we get it right. It builds respect. It builds teamwork. It, build, it shares the load. It creates intimacy in what we do. Clarity and unity, they're sisters in this. Ecclesiastes says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Guys, we need, and he goes on to talk about that a three-strand cord is not easily broken. Guys, we need unity. You need to share some of this information with each other. And both bear a little bit of the load so you are aware of what is going on. Where you are, where you're going, and how you're going to get there. And if you can't get to unity, then get to your kingdom council. Go to your pastor. Go to Scott and his team. Go to a wise friend. Go to a kingdom-minded advisor. If you don't have one, look at kingdomadvisors.com. It's an association. They don't sell anything. But there's kingdom advisors out there who can give you kingdom-minded guidance. And 2 Timothy says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's why we need kingdom counsel. You can only get kingdom counsel from a kingdom-minded counselor or advisor. So those are seven pearls. Plan your time, pick your topic, talk to God, know your nature, seek the source, engage for clarity, and finish in unity. Guys, if we do these right, don't you think we have a much better chance for success in a money conversation? Yeah. Now, let me give you some good tips for some good talks. Just real quickly. These are just regular tips. Eye contact for, and active listening. Just I understand. Right? You're saying I understand what this is. Good eye contact. Um, use I statements, not you statements, right? It's not you did this, you did this. It's, it's I. I statements, not you statements. Am I being clear is a much better question than do you understand? Because everybody knows when somebody says, do you understand? The only words that's left off the end of that is dummy. <laughs> do you understand dummy? No, but I'm being, my being clear, it puts it on me. And don't assume. Don't assume they're aligned. Don't assume you know what's going on in your, in your spouse's mind or in your advisor's mind or your friend's mind. Don't assume. Ask with love and respect. When in doubt, stop and pray. Don't be afraid to stop and pray. And then set your not next talk at the end of this talk. Set your next talk at the end of each talk. That'll keep the ball rolling and keep that talk during business hours. We talked about that. Okay, so next step. Before you get home and turn off the car today, plan one cheap talk with one simple topic. And and if you don't have a simple topic, let me give you one. Who owns my money? 
Whose is it? Start there. Who owns my money? Who owns the wealth that is in my hands right now? After you talk, share with a friend or a group and talk about how it went. Y'all, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. And the results are priceless. And if you don't do it well, there's tension and mistrust. But if you do do it well, all the benefits, you, you know, spending more wisely, saving better, conversing better, building better, planning smarter, all of these benefits help. And you have your best chance to have a great opportunity to honor God, love him, love others, go and make disciples using the resources that he has placed in your hands. Talk is cheap and the results are priceless. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.